This is the Night Owls Disc Golf Podcast. I'm Shane. And I'm JP. And on the line with us, we have Holland Handley. So, Holland, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. So, JP had said you just did a whole bunch of traveling today. Yeah, yeah. So, we were in, we came up from Emporia. We went and stayed the night in uh, St. Louis, visited some friends, and then... Made a quick stop in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and then today we made it to Niagara Falls, New York. Wow, that is a heck of a trip, <laughs> to say I mean, the least. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's about a 24-hour trip from uh, Emporia to Jeffersonville. So. Oh, man. Now, have you ever been to the Niagara area? No, no, it's the first time up here, actually, because uh, I decided not to play the Butler County Tournament, so mm-hmm. we've got a little extra time, and we just kind of picked a, a spot that we thought would be fun to hang out for a few days, so we're going to go do the, the sightseeing thing tomorrow. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. That's yeah. great. And the Butler County, I mean, you don't need to play it anyways, right? That would just be more of a filler just to get a little more time on the course. Yeah, I mean, you know, any any weekend where I can make some money is a good weekend. But I did have a pretty good finish last weekend, so I think I can afford to take a week. <laughs> Understatement, <Yeah>. absolutely, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Um, and by the way, congratulations! Um, first major slash uh, elite series podium finish. Is that correct? That is correct. That is amazing. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere around Emporia? during Worlds, what it's like compared to maybe DDO? Is there anything extra special or anything going on? I, I think it was pretty similar to the atmosphere of DDO. The The cool thing about Emporia is, as a town, everyone knows what disc golf is, and I think majority of the town even plays. So, you know, you go, when we're in any other town, you go into like a Starbucks or you go into a Walmart or whatever, and you're just another person. But when you're in Emporia... Um, you know, you go into a Starbucks and the baristas are talking about disc golf, you know, you go into a Walmart and people are going to know who you are, um, and that kind of thing. So the, the community really just turns out for, for disc golf and it's pretty cool. And that's not only during TDO or worlds. I mean, I was there just some random time. I, I was born in California and my grandfather lived there and I went to pick up a car to bring it back to Wisconsin cause he moved in with us. And, um, on my travels through, I was like, I have to go through Emporia Pulled up to a random hotel. I don't remember what it was, like a Comfort Inn or something like that. And I <laughs> walked in with the disc golf bag. And they're like, oh, you play? And they're like giving me all these suggestions of courses to go to, places to go see. I mean, it was it's fantastic. So that that town does disc golf. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they even got baskets outside of restaurants, like mm-hmm. all over the place. Yeah, yeah, it, it is amazing. I mean, if, if anyone has not been to Emporia make it a destination. I mean, it, it is fantastic driving around that town and seeing the amount of disc golf support, even outside of these large tournaments. It's, it's incredible. Disc golf heaven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so being a dynamic disc sponsored athlete at DDO, did you feel extra support um, from the town or, you know, have family come visit while you were at the tournament? Uh, didn't have any family come visit, but yeah, being in the town that, you know, how uh, hosts or that is Dynamic Discs town, it's it's nice because yeah, we can visit the warehouse if we need to get stuff for the block party, if we need to, you know, replenish our, our backups and stuff. It's, it's very easy to get what we need while we're there because everyone is kind of like going the extra mile to make sure we're taken care of. Mm-hmm. And you, so before 
getting into DDO, you skipped Des Moines to be in a best friend's wedding. Is that correct? Yeah. So my, my best friend got married um, August 20th. And so we actually, the week before, so this is actually, it was a whole thing. So I skipped Des Moines. I booked it from Ledgestone all the way down to Austin, which is where <laughs> I had an apartment. And um, so we moved out of the apartment. My boyfriend and Kat and I are officially on the road 100% full time, just living in the RV. So I booked it down there. We moved out of the apartment in about two days. Oh, my God. And then booked it up to Dallas. <laughs> uh, I was with my friend's wedding as a bridesmaid. And then we um, booked it up to Emporia. And we're trying to get caught up on sleep before um, preparing for Worlds. Oh, my gosh. I bet. Yeah, so you're just taking some off time, not throwing any discs or anything right now. Just sleeping and eating and <laughs> doing the stuff yeah, that recharges you. It was about a week and a half of, of not throwing a disc. So I think from my last throws at Ledgestone up until my first practice round at, at Worlds, which would have been, I think, the fir- Thursday or Friday before the tournament started, I didn't touch a disc. Oh, wow. That's wow. a long time. Do you, um, so not having that long period of time, obviously, that gives your body a little time to reset and rest. Um, is, is that, you know, having just the four days of practice, was that ideal for you? Or would you have liked to have had longer um, on the courses? Um, I think four days was about the minimum I would want. Ideally, you want two to three practice rounds uh, per course Mm -hmm. because that first one, that first practice round is really just experimenting and seeing what all of my options are. That second round is kind of dialing and, you know, you get about 80 percent of the game plan figured out and then having a third round to really like polish it off is helpful. Um, But also we had played the courses earlier in the year, so there weren't that many changes but I felt like I had plenty of practice time. I even had an off day in there. I think I practiced two days and then took a day off and, or practiced three days, took a day off and then practiced one day and then had the tournament. So, okay. So in, in between rounds, I've like Shane, I've been to Emporia a little bit and there's quite a bit to do, but what do you like to do there when you aren't playing disc golf? I mean, especially in world week, honestly, I'm usually pretty tired after my rounds, but, um, assuming I have some energy, we like to play board games. Um, I learned how to play pickleball last mm-hmm, week while mm-hmm. we were there. And that was pretty fun. It's like um, sweeping yeah, it's the disc golf nation pickleball. It's incredible. It, how it many... really is. Yeah. Everyone on tour plays pickleball. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you guys could but have yeah, a side tour, side pickleball tour, as well as like <laughs> wager tour winnings or something. <laughs> I could see it happening. Every a lot of people on tour love to make little side bets and stuff. So let's go back to Ledgestone, if you don't mind. I want to ask about your albatross. Um, yeah. So talk us through that. I know I'm sure you're just love talking about it so much because I'm sure you've talked about it quite a bit. But relive that moment with us and tell us what you thought because. I played Ledgestone, and I'm an MP40 guy, so we shadowed the FPO. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us kind of what's going through your mind, and you know, just that whole scenario. Yeah, I mean, I'll never, I'll never get st- uh, tired of, of talking about because <laughs> um, it is the coolest thing I've ever done. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, the the game plan for that hole is if I have. 370 or less to the pin uh for my second shot barring any crazy winds you know i'm gonna go for it figuring if i can just get over the water i can maybe have an eagle look at worst i'll have a birdie or an easy par um 
And so I threw, you know, my bomber rive off the tee. We had just a little bit of like a head right to left wind. So I just kept it really low. Um, and then I guess I caught the breeze just really nice because I got probably about 40 feet further than my best drives in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was on that left side of the fairway and I saw I, I got my range finder out. And so I had about 330 to the pin with a little bit of a headwind. So I thought I would just take a rive and just jam it back there, figuring like, you know, I'll probably end up going about 40 feet long with the skip, but that's fine because, you know, 40 footer for Eagle is better than, you know, hitting the wall and having to throw again. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, I'll just, you know, keep it on one angle, swing it out wide toward that tree. If I, worst thing I'll do is hit the tree and roll in and I'll still have a circle one putt for birdie. Um, and so I throw it and I thought I threw it too far inside and that I was going to hit the tree. And then just after, you know, a half a second after I find I missed the tree, it's hitting chains and I was losing my mind. <laughs> yeah. And that's a fantastic shot. And having personally stood there and I was uh, near about where you were, but I was on the right side of the fairway. So I didn't really have a look at it. Um, but that is a difficult approach. I mean, because the, there's two trees that guard it. And then there's OB on the right-hand side. There's OB long. Well, the long OB really doesn't come into play, but, you know, it's a it's a pretty nervy approach, um, so much so that I, I laid up both times in practice mm-hmm. and in um, the tournament. I just laid up to the front of the pond and then pitched over from there. But, yeah, so yeah. that's – I mean, that's a lot of guts to push that, and it's a hard shot. Yeah, I mean, I keep a certain – like my, my rive lineup, I usually have four rives in the bag, right? One of them is the, is the bomber. It's been – beaten and it's it's actually kind of flipping now and then i'll have kind of a a stable one that's like it like i'll get one on like the orbits that's really domey and those are usually pretty beefy mm-hmm. and then i'll have one that's kind of in the middle and then i always have a water rive and so that's just okay. like normal <laughs> exactly it's a normal stock rive that like if i throw it in the water i'm not screwed because i have 10 more in the truck yeah um, so the albatross disc was a water rive i was completely fine with hitting as long as it touched inbounds first i was completely fine with losing it <laughs> yeah exactly well and now that one's not in your bag anymore is it no, it, it was immediately retired. It has not been thrown since that. I had everyone on the card, uh, you know, sign it like you would for an ace disc, yeah. and uh, it is it has been retired. And that's the first albatross in FPO history, right? Yeah, at least at least on tour. Yeah, on tour. Yeah, that's right. that's amazing. So, yeah, pretty sick. How? Just asking, how many aces do you have? Um, I don't have any tournament aces, um, but I have three like practice slash casual round aces. And the albatross is definitely cooler, <laughs> for sure. The albatross is way cooler. It's also yeah. the longest throw-in that I have, so nice. it's longer than yeah. Ooh, that's great. That's great. So in the video, you turned around and the gentleman. I apologize, I forget his name. Uh, I'll probably get flamed for this, but the gentleman from Overthrow was on your bag. Yeah, Josh. What's your connection to him? Um, well, actually, we had just met that week, so I've uh, <laughs> been aware. I've been aware of their content for a while, and mm-hmm. I had seen that they were doing like a series of um, where they're doing like slow mo form of, of different pros, and they had had some FPO on there, and so I reached out to them and was like, "Hey, if you guys are looking for more FPO to have in your slow mo series, um, you know, maybe we could." collaborate on something mm-hmm. and then he went and looked you know at my instagram videos and was like heck yeah we want to be yeah. on there that's cool yeah. I, I just watched those videos last night the like interview kind of video and then the slow-mo video and it's they're really awesome 
Yeah, they have. Yeah, I mean, Mikey is incredible with uh, with the video with the videography. I mean, just the quality is just so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I reached out to them and they were like, "Yeah, you know, we'll be there for Ledgestone. We'll be at Worlds." And then I was like, "Yeah, we'll meet up at Ledgestone." And so that Tuesday, we had met up at one of the I forget what course it was. I think it's one of the courses where the AMs played, but there was like a big field in the back. Um, and so we filmed those videos and uh, you know hit it off pretty well i mean they're kind of um they're easy guys to get along with but yeah we'd hung out a couple times that week and then josh asked if i needed a caddy and i was like sure i always like having a caddy and then after you know the we had a pretty good first round and then of course the the albatross happened and he he moved around his his lessons for the week so he could continue caddying for me and um yeah it was you know i'm I'm glad that i befriended them they're really cool yeah that is cool in their content and for anybody that hasn't been on their content their content is fantastic um i I, i'm the guy that'll as i'm laying down at night just watch youtube videos until i fall asleep and he's one of the ones that i just recently came in i don't know why i didn't know about him beforehand but just recently it was after like the creator's cup or something like that i had seen them there and i was like huh i wonder who these guys are and i just started watching them and they filmed paul did they yeah i think they were filming paul mcbeth a little bit Oh, okay. Yeah. So, oh, that's right. Cause they got his hot round when he was like, yeah, yeah. yeah. So no, that's great. Um, so let's talk about what you did and who you were prior to disc golf. Cause it's, it looks like here that you're, you're correct to say that you're a COVID golfer. Kind of, we got into it a few months before it started. So October 1st, 2019 was when, uh, we went and bought just some starter packs at uh, I think Dick Sporting Goods because it just uh, my, my boyfriend actually I think saw a video on YouTube or something and, and thought it looked fun. Would get us out outside a little bit and so we went and tried it and we're terrible. <laughs> yeah, but then, <laughs> it's how we all start. <laughs> <don't worry. laughs> yeah, we just went to a little like nine hole pitch and putt course and we're you know had a good time being terrible at it and then we started playing you know Huntington Beach and La Mirada and like kind of just got hooked on it and next thing we knew we were playing every weekend and then i actually played my very first tournament the weekend before everything shut down for covid so oh, I played wow. my first. yeah so i was all gung-ho after that i was like yeah we're gonna play all these tournaments this summer it's be super fun and then everything was shut down <laughs> like well thanks covid appreciate so, that <laughs> so once you guys started playing and like things started progressing a little bit did you do like a deep dive into like everything you possibly could like form wise like how did you like at what point were you like yeah this is it this is the next sport that I'm just all in on yeah I mean we've kind of always been the type of people who try a lot of different hobbies so you know up until that point you know, between graduating and then picking up disc golf for like two years, you know, we had tried rock climbing, we had tried biking, we tried all kinds of stuff. And then disc golf just kind of stuck in a way that nothing else did. Um, it was just that perfect combination of like something you can kind of grind and really try to get good at, but that has enough variety. And that also gets us like out and active and, and doing stuff, which is, you know, a good way to break up kind of the monotony of working the nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just kind of everything we were looking for. And then, you know, I never started working on form and stuff with the intent of like being on the pro tour or anything. We started watching, you know, Joe Mez at first and then the other companies as well. Cause we were getting, you know, just wanting to consume all of the content that there was. 
Um, I think the first videos I watched with the intent of like getting better were like some of Simon's videos. Mm-hmm. Um, cause that was when, you know, during COVID is when his YouTube really started taking off. So I watched a bunch of his stuff and I, I just watched some of like just videos of people who were really good at throwing and I would watch them in slow motion or go frame by frame and try to see like what they were doing and compare that to what I was doing and then try to, you know, get mine to look a little bit more like theirs. Um, and I just decided, you know, I'm going to allocate, you know, two hours a week and get as much work done as I can after I get off work. And, you know, it was just focusing on being consistent with the practice kind of next thing I knew looked up several months later and I actually had pretty decent backhand. Um, when tournament started up again, I went and played the Maricopa open, which was in Arizona, mm-hmm. drove all the way to Arizona because California wasn't having tournaments yet. And then, uh, I ended up beating Katrina Allen and Jennifer Allen at that tournament. And then like, you know, everything kind of just blew up and suddenly sponsors were interested in me and, um, I kind of just decided to, you know, do the local pro thing. And then, and then we like end of 2021, we were wanting to move to Austin. And so it was kind of like a weird crossroads of like, do I go find another job that's in Austin or do I try to make this disc golf thing work? And then after talking to dynamic discs, like they were willing to give me, you know, more financial support if I would go on tour. So we just decided like, yeah, you know, I'll try it for a year and then see how it goes. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, that that's great. I mean, yeah. from the three pack challenge to <laughs> coming to what <laughs> on the po- worlds, yeah, like, yeah. podium and worlds. <laughs> that's yeah. that's amazing. Um, so you had mentioned that you had just graduated college. So from my understanding, you were a D three athlete volleyball, correct, and a power lifter. Yeah, so I played volleyball starting like when I was like 12 and I played all the way through college, so about 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then lifting was just something I always really enjoyed when I was in college. So I kind of and there was a, a big group of, uh, of power lifters at my college. Um, so I kind of was aware of what that was and had decided, you know, when I'm when I'm done with volleyball, I'll just go do powerlifting and that'll kind of be my competitive outlet. So I did that for about two years i kind of stopped around the time i started getting serious about disc golf just because you can really only be good at one of those right (laughs) right right so our our, uh, paths other than being separated by about 25 years are uh, very similar so i was a d3 college athlete football player and then um, also a power lifter same thing got hurt i was actually uh, in the middle of a snatch dislocated one of my shoulders (laughs) <laughs> broke the mirrors behind me when the bar went back. Um, but, um, yeah. And then just decided that football wasn't going to go anywhere with D3. You know, I, I had fun, got to college, got my education and was kind of jumped from sport to sport trying to figure something out. I mean, I wrestled cause I wrestled in high school and then I tried to go into baseball. Yeah. It just didn't work. And I kind of went around and then I discovered disc golf and kind of latched onto it. And it kind of satisfied that competitive urge that I had. Is it kind of the same thing for you where you just kind of latched on to disc golf? That was kind of that sport that you finally found that. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I liked powerlifting. The thing I didn't like about it was that it got kind of monotonous because, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it's it's the same three lifts all the time. <laughs> Every competition is more or less the same. Just ideally you're hitting a new PR, right. which is fun to do. It's a lot mm-hmm. of fun to do, but, you know, realistically, if you're going to be making progress beyond, you know, beginner, intermediate, you're really only going to be competing like three, maybe four times a year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so the fun thing about disc golf was like every time you go to the course, even if you go to the same course is going to be different. 
because um, you can throw different shots. They might have to get in different conditions. You might be shooting really hot that day. You might not be. Mm -hmm. um, so I liked that there was some of that variety. And then I liked that it got me outside just because I spent all day, you know, working at a desk job and most of my other hobbies were indoors. So it was just nice to get outside and have something uh, accessible, but also competitive. Mm -hmm. And what did you do for a desk job? Uh, so I was a process engineer for a medical device company. Okay, and what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to try to play it off like I knew what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. But. Yeah. A medical device company, right, they're, they're making a bunch of products that are used in surgery. And so what a process engineer does is figure out figures out how to manufacture those products on a large scale. Okay. okay. So, yeah, my job would be a lot of, like, we, we specifically my team worked in um, rubber m injection molding. Mm -hmm. And so it was, like, how do we make parts with like higher yields or like lower cycle times. Um, if stuff is breaking or we're getting a bunch of defects, we go in and figure out why and try to fix it. And then, you know, researching new processes and like figuring out how to automate things, like all of that. Mm -hmm. so. yeah, and that was something you studied in college. I mean, did you have a passion for it or was it just kind of one of those things you fell into like, Hey, I want to be an engineer. And then that was the thing that you kind of went into. Yeah, I mean, I went into engineering because, kind of, because I was told I would be good at it and that I would probably enjoy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I did enjoy, like, becoming an engineer. I enjoyed school. Um, I really like learning new things, and that's the cool thing about engineering is you will always be learning new things because uh, that's kind of your job is to go into a situation where maybe no one really knows how this thing works or we don't really know how to do something and your job is to figure it out. Mm -hmm. uh, so I like that part of it. Um, but yeah, I would, I wouldn't say I was passionate about it. Um, yeah. If I, you know, if I had to go and work as an engineer again, I wouldn't, you know, I, I'd be fine with it and all. I think maybe if I was working more in like design, I would have liked it better. Mm -hmm. I didn't super enjoy working in manufacturing. Okay. Sure. Sure. Um, I just, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, I just want to go back to volleyball real quick. Um, yeah. And were you a hitter, outside hitter? I was a right side hitter. You're a right side hitter. Okay. Um, yeah. Is there anything you took away from volleyball that you brought to disc golf mentality or me like mechanically, obviously snapping the wrist in volleyball as a hitter and kind of flicking the disc um, in disc golf is almost a close enough motion. Did you find that when you were working on form and um, working on timing, it was almost like timing out a, you know, your, your approach and jump for hitting? Yeah, well, actually, at first, the, the footwork really threw me off because the footwork for a backhand is the exact opposite for the footwork for a right-handed hitter. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was actually a little tricky, but I think just having the skill of like learning how to do like learning technique in general. Um, cause you know, I, I was self-taught kind of for powerlifting and I had coaching for volleyball, but just like the ability to get your body to move a certain way is a skill in and of itself. And so I think just that kind of athleticism transferred over, um, in terms of mindset, I actually kind of had to really change how I approach because the way I approach disc golf mentally is very different from how I was in volleyball and volleyball. I was very cocky and very aggressive. Uh, and that mentality just doesn't work for me in disc golf and disc golf is better. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't stay in that headspace for like four hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
And uh, yeah, and if I like am starting to play kind of bad in, in disc golf, if I'm in that kind of cocky mindset, it just kind of falls apart, you know, if I have a couple bogeys in a row. So it just really doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found in disc golf, I do better if I'm just relaxed and like enjoying the game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether that's like enjoying how well I'm playing or, you know, if I'm, maybe if I have a bit of a rough start, like just enjoying being outside or being with my card mates and watching them play well, just like finding something to latch on to, to be like joyful about um, really seems to give me the best chance of playing well. And that's very different from how I approach volleyball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if disc golf is really ready for that type of intensity anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know? yeah, definitely not. They're not ready for that someone getting a putt and then stomping on the ground and screaming about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he might get no, a, might get a nine month suspension for that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's talk about your bag. So what is your go-to discs? And there's only one right answer for this, but what is your, what, what team putter are you on? What putter team are you on? Oh, we're, we're team maiden. I'm probably oh. like the only one. Yeah, no one, no one puts with maidens except for like me and Erica Stinchcomb. <laughs> I, I used to putt with the Regio maidens for when they first came out, mm-hmm. but I switched. <laughs> but the, the feel of the disc is, I like the shallowness and it's got that little bit of a bead on the bottom, but mm-hmm. I don't know if there's something else. Like I putted with them for a while, but I, they just didn't jive with me. Yeah. they are a little flippy like some people prefer a little bit more stable putter Mm -hmm. um but i like the shallowness of it and i like that it's just kind of point and shoot are you a bt medium hard what kind of plastic do you use uh origio origio yeah yeah and then do you use them for throwing as well now for throwing i have um a goldex pure and an optoex pure oh okay Rocking those Kristen Tatar signature series. Yeah. yeah invoking some, you know, if you switch to judges, that, I mean, I think that would solve everything. That would be at first place on at Worlds next year. <laughs> you I, know, funny you mentioned that because last year at Worlds, I did switch to judges as my putting putter and it was a disaster. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's not the putters, though. I, I, I mean, it can't be. Worst I've ever putted. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, no. Shane is all, Shane is all of our team judge. Oh yeah, I've been I, home and I profusely apologized to my maidens and put them right back. <laughs> and then burnt the judges. Right? I mean, you got all the bad juju out of those. No, <laughs> yeah, um, I still have them somewhere, but yeah, no, they. You know, don't if you ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. And you already kind of touched on the rives um mid-ranges fairways what do you what are you using yeah so my favorite mid-range i've got a first run trust that i've been throwing almost since they came out and that thing is like if i can throw that if i can make it to where i can throw that disc i'm gonna throw that disc because it's just like it never seems to to fly poorly for me it's just a dead straight mid-range um and then for wooded courses, I'll throw a Tursus in the bag just because I can throw it on a hyzer and get it to, like, flip really, really late and then drift right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've got my Hybridex Verdicts, which are pretty overstable but actually have a decent bit of glide because they're very domey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for fairways, my go-tos are usually, like, a Culverin or an Escape. Um, and then I also throw a lot of Vaders. Okay. And then for for four hands, I usually am throwing an Ati. Um, well, that's pretty overstable. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah, I like that I can just hammer on it and it'll fly like pretty straight and then hook up and at the end. Okay. Emac hasn't gotten on you about throwing any Emac truths or Emac so judges? I used, to throw, I used to throw an Emac truth and then I lost it um, at Goat Hill last year because uh, it went OB on hole 17 and I couldn't find it and I didn't want to beat another one in but I had the new first run trust and I was like I know they throw they fly about the same so I'll just throw the trust and then I haven't gone back since <laughs> yeah and that plastic is phenomenal like uh, that yeah, it's just too good it is so I was actually had a conversation with Jamie today and Jamie Rusco and I was just tell, like commending them, like, I don't know what they're doing, but do it to more discs. Like, <laughs> that, that plastic is fantastic. I can't wait for it to come out in the Supreme um, on some of the other more, uh, I guess, seasoned molds that they have out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've thrown the, the new Supreme Escape a couple of times, and it's it's pretty nice. Yeah. Are you yeah. jamming on the uh, Kona, the Orbit, or the, yeah, the Orbit Kona Escapes, or are you looking for anything oh. else? Yeah, she was going to give me one, and then she said it would be too flippy for me, so she never gave me one. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, they are a little flippy, surprisingly, are than they? some of the other ones. Yeah, I've heard that. I've thrown a couple, and I don't know. I, I haven't thrown them as much as I thought I would. Yeah. Well, if you want one. We got some in the shop. Yeah. Just let us know. We'll send you one. <laughs> or I'll give you a couple. Yeah. Um, it, so, obviously, discs come down to feel and how you feel about them. Um, there's, you know, the Rive... Um, I was looking on DD's website because I was like, okay, obviously the Raider is like a big distance driver or a Defender is fairly close. Any reason other than just the feel of not throwing a DD driver? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had tried the Raider initially. I didn't really like how they beat in though because I felt like I was never sure if it was like going to be consistently overstable or understable it would mm-hmm. get kind of a weird flight from them when i beat them in and so i actually threw bio enforcers for a while okay um so i would just they would get really beat in and they would fly really nice but the problem with the biofusion plastic it beats in a lot and with how much i'm throwing now that i'm on the road i just needed a little bit more um like durable plastic and so in the off season i kind of revisited everything revisited the raider the rive and the uh defender um and the reason i didn't throw the rive initially is because the all we had were the first runs and the first runs get very very flippy mm-hmm. um so i don't i don't even bag a first run anymore because it's flippier than even my graces at this point but they came out with the stock run and that was a lot more overstable um and so that ended up being exactly what i was looking for um and I'll, you know, the defender's a little bit more overstable than both of those, unless you get it in like a, unless you get it really beat in. And so I just didn't want to have to rely on like beating in a disc because I lose distance drivers a lot. Everyone loses distance yeah. drivers a lot. Mm-hmm. And I didn't like having that situation where I was like afraid to lose a disc because that does kind of at certain points like affect your shot. Mm-hmm. Like with the, with the albatross, it's like I was able to make that shot because I didn't care if I lost the disc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, having a having a disc that like I liked to throw fresh out of the box and could make work when it was fresh and could also make it work once it was beat in, that ended up being the rive. Nice. Yeah, that's that's great. And, you know, and I had the same experience with Raiders as the inconsistency, and I don't know what it was. I had different weights, different plastics, but 
you know, there were times where I feel like I'm putting it on the same angle, same power and everything. And sometimes it would just die um, straight to the left. And then all of a sudden it would flip over and you're like, what is going on? I can't quite get this thing. And that's why I ended up never sticking with Raiders either. Yeah. No, tried them for a while. They're good looking discs, but. <laughs> yeah, they feel really yeah. good. And like, first out of the box, they're great. But like, you know, there is with the Trilogy Plastic, there is kind of that initial like two week beat in period. And then that's how the disc is actually going to fly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't like it as much after that initial okay. beat in. Yeah. Well, that's great. All right. So on the tour, what is your favorite event to go to? Uh, aside from Worlds, of course. <laughs> well, I haven't been to every event yet because I have a feeling I'm going to really enjoy these East Coast events. But mm-hmm. um, I think my my two favorite overall have been um, the Preserve and the OTB Open. Um, just because the Preserve, mostly because I think the course is really well designed, but also everyone is camping on the course. So oh, sure. that's why your friends are there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're all just kind of hanging out after the rounds. And so there's a nice, really good sense of community. And then kind of similar thing in the OTB open, you know, because they're one of my sponsors, we're all just hanging out at the shop after practice rounds. And it's just really like a laid back place for us to just like hang out. <laughs> yeah. They seem like awesome guys. I, I, I listened to the disc all podcast and they came on pretty early with them. And I just love the banter that those guys have. And they just seem like <laughs> yeah. those guys you could just be best friends right away with. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty accurate. Yeah. All right, so now you got to boil it down to your favorite course, and it doesn't have to be on tour. Just your favorite course that you play. Oh, I mean that's tough. I think honestly, I think like Discs Out of Heaven might be might be in that mm-hmm. spot because even I played it when it was stupid, miserable, hot, and it was still a really well designed course. Mm. And, really fun to play at least you didn't have to play it in the snow (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah that That is a cool course that even it films well too i mean even on coverage that that course is fantastic so there's there's out of bounds that's like brutal but it it makes sense and like you really have to be able to throw every kind of shot like if you're a forehand backhand you've got uphill downhill you got shape shots through the woods it's just a really well designed course and i really like it nice all right, so I think we got a couple more questions for you, so we don't take up too much more of your time. Um, so, what are some places you would recommend outside of disc golf? Once you've been traveling around, you've kind of seen some stuff. Because how long have you been pulling a trailer? Um, let's see. For this swing of the tour, since like June. Okay. 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 So it's still fairly fresh. In that yeah, regard. I haven't really stopped at a lot of places just to do like sightseeing yet actually mm-hmm. this weekend will be the first time we've like stopped and done something touristy and not disc golf related okay um especially the the first bit of the season you know i was by myself and so i was kind of like yeah let's just get to the next spot mm-hmm. so then we'll we'll switch it what has been your your rv story <laughs> that, My RV story. Yeah. yeah it seems like everybody cool. has one of those bad stories <laughs> Uh, I did have um, one funny. So when uh, we were in the Texas swing, it was like the first couple of weeks that I'd had the RV and I didn't really know a ton about it or like how to fix things when they broke. And so I was, um, I was staying actually at a host's house and like I hadn't, we hadn't run an electrical cord from his house to my RV yet. So I was just going off of battery mm-hmm. and then the battery died at about one in the morning or was about to die. And so 
RVs have a carbon monoxide detector in them, mm-hmm. um, which when you're and they run off of battery, and so when the battery's about to die, the carbon monoxide detector will go off. <laughs> kind of as a, which I I knew this because they told me this when I bought the RV that that would happen, but I didn't know what to do about it because I didn't want to wake my host up at one in the morning to get an extension cord and and charge my RV. Um, and I also didn't know how to disconnect my battery, which I know now how to disconnect my battery. Mm. But at the time, I didn't. And so I just grabbed, like, my blanket and my pillow, and I slept in my truck. You <laughs> <laughs> just let it go off. and like, ah, I'm not going to deal with this until the morning. <laughs> yeah, well, by the morning, you know, the battery had died completely, and it wasn't <laughs> anymore. And then, I, you know, I texted my host and was like, hey, you can I get that extension cord? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's one way to solve the problem, just let it die completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, now I, you know, now I know I could have just gone to the front and unscrewed like two hex nuts, and it would have unplugged it. And yeah, yeah, you know, but hindsight. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Live and learn. Live and learn. So, JP, you got any more? I have one more. Oh, I, yeah, I had a couple more actually. Okay, go ahead. Um, you were mentioning being out on tour and having that, um, like talked about camping alongside, um you know, friends and companions, who, who do you hang out with? I think I saw a picture, you know, at the end of worlds with, uh, Ella Hansen and Raven Klein. Are those your companions on tour? Or is there anybody else that you really like to hang with? Oh yeah. Ella and Raven are, are the homies for sure. Um, <laughs> but I mostly hang out with them. We do, you know, occasionally join up with like uh page and Missy and, and that group there. We've got a little group that likes to do escape rooms. Oh, okay. So we'll hang out with them a bit. And then, you know, sometimes we'll hang out with like Eric Oakley, Chandler Fry, James Proctor, that kind of group. Um, but yeah, I would say the, the core group is definitely uh, LN Raiden. And how, how did those, how did you form those friendships? Like, how did they come about? Was it because you guys were kind of new on tour that you kind of gravitated to each other? Yeah, I think it really started at the OTB Open because um, I met Raven at Vegas and then didn't see her again until OTB. Um, whereas like Ella and I kind of get lumped together a lot just cause we jumped on the scene at the same time, both throw really far, both from the West coast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know, people, people get facts about us mixed up all the time too. And we've done like a couple practice rounds together, but, um, yeah, the OTB open, there were several days where like, you know, I didn't have my car or anything I'd flown in. And so I was just bumming rides from people. And then we were just, we spent like one, long afternoon just like uh being hooligans around the shop we were like (laughs) we were like setting up all these weird little like trick shots and like filming them and just like messing around and having a really good time and it was just kind of like ever since then we just kind of were a group (laughs) became best friends (laughs) like yep we're a trio now that's awesome (laughs) that is great that's great when you can find those people that get you and as a human and you know you can maybe have the little competitive you know, something going on between you guys as well. Yeah, I'd say like Ella and I definitely are very competitive with each other, especially. <laughs> like, like explain outside that of disc golf. Like, what do you, what are you guys competitive with? Yeah. I mean, literally anything we get our hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like games, you know, pickleball, like whatever we're doing. Like even playing catch, like it's it it ends up getting kind of competitive. Yeah. <laughs> Is it- is it guys, oh, sorry. I was going to say, will you guys personally, like, go on to, like, not be on the same team because you're, like, want to beat each other that bad? That kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, we'll, 
we'll switch teams around, you know, but uh, yeah, we, there's, there's definitely like a special, a special, like wanting to, to win for sure. Yeah. And I would assume that comes both from your athletic backgrounds. I mean, cause Ella has an athletic background you do as well. And being competitive in that regard is kind of one of those, you may not see it off the course, but when you're on the course or on the play field or whatever it is, I know that always comes up with me. I'm always like, all right, let's bet. Let's do that. <laughs> and it just, I have to win. And if I don't, I'm going to go home and practice. And then the next time I see him, I'm going to win. I know. That's why I have to be careful about pickleball. I'm going to start doing more, but I need to practice this. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the focus shifts just a bit. Yeah, exactly. Well, and, and Raven too, she was also a volleyball player in college. So she's got that competitive spirit as well. So, okay. So if Definitely. you were to put a pickup, volleyball team together who would you pick on the tour okay well we definitely have raven as my setter okay um trying to think of who else even plays because i think hokum used to play i know brian plays a bit Mm -hmm. yeah did i think sarah coached for a while yeah yeah Yeah. so we can we could have hokum on the team um i think missy played in like high school if i'm not mistaken um and then probably just like I don't know. I'd have to have to give the guys like a tryout because they're all so tall. <laughs> yeah. One of you like somewhat coordinated, and we'll just put you in the middle yeah. to block. It, and uh, yeah, no, I think that would do it. It is incredible to me how many tall guys there are out there on tour. Like all yeah. these just giant men. Like <laughs> it's like because I go to Vegas as well every year, um, and then usually like try to pick one other uh, bigger event but out at vegas it's just i walk around and i'm six foot tall so i'm not a short guy but i'm not a tall guy by any means but i walk around just looking up at everybody and it just surprises me out there so i'm sure you'd have some good picks out there for your team yeah yeah i mean that that actually blew my mind as well like even guys who i didn't think were that tall you know just based off seeing them on coverage it's mm-hmm. like no like the shortest guys are like six two yeah <laughs> exactly well that's even like except for emerson yeah <laughs> Yeah. 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 Um, So, all right. So I have one question and you can answer it or not. Just give us as much as you want. So how long are you with DD as far as your contract goes? Uh, So this contract's up at the end of the year. Oh, okay. Okay. So are we going to get an exclusive or do you want to go somewhere else? Or are you hoping that you can re-up with DD? I mean, what are your aspirations? I mean, I'm hoping just to get a sponsorship that lets me, you know, continue to play and then maybe live a little bit more comfortably. Okay. Um, not like on salary or anything. I don't have a tour series disc. Um, the discs that are available, like to to that to purchase to support me, aren't like a steady um, team series disc. The same way that like you know, Zach has like the Maverick and you know Kona has the Escape. Um, yeah, Kona's got the Verdict or the Culprit now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't have that. That wasn't part of my contract this year. Um, so what I'm hoping for next year is just to have, like, a little bit of a salary maybe just, uh, you know, so I don't have to play every single weekend to make ends meet. If I need to take a weekend off here and there, I want to have kind of that ability to do so and then to have a team series disc, have that little extra bit of income. Um, but re- really, like, you know, I'd love to stay with DD because I, I feel like they're really good people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I'm open to other companies as well, so who knows what's going to happen. There might yeah, be a couple absolutely. of Texas companies that might want to look into you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. There have definitely been some companies who've expressed interest. 
Yeah. Nothing, nothing set in stone at this point. Right on. Um, speaking of team series discs, you have the suspect, right? Uh, chameleon suspect. Yeah. Yeah. That the chameleon suspect, which I think they still have some, um, on Didi's website and then a lot of local retailers. Mm-hmm. And then actually this week, the, um, lucid X moonshiny Vader is, is dropping. I think it's actually tom- today's Wednesday, right? Yes, it yeah, is. That's correct. So it'll be tomorrow. So probably by the time this comes out, it'll already be dropped, but that'll be available on Didi's website and at local retailers. And then obviously there's also the, um, the Halbatross rides. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which that was a nice bonus. Um, I'm really glad that they uh, ended up making that this one. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. To mark that history is really cool. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's like, I, I see it ranking up there with the Philobatross. I mean, like, it's it was a fantastic <laughs> shot. Um, so, all right. So the last question, well, maybe for me, how about this? The last question is, what is your favorite movie? My favorite movie? Yes. Oh, man. We go on a lot of wild tangents, and usually they're That's movie-centric. Not, I, don't, I don't watch a ton of movies. Really? So no one, like Netflix or Hulu or? I mean, I do. It's just like, yeah, I'm trying to think, not like just pick the movies that I've watched recently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I always go back to like the, oh, this is such a, this is a way harder question than it should be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a very important question, Holland. Like, <laughs> you can't take this lightly. I mean, I do, I do go, I do always find myself going back to like the the fantasy stuff. So like you know, your Lord of the Rings, that sort of thing. I never mm-hmm. get tired of watching those. So. Well, speaking of Lord of the Rings, have you started watching the new, the new one? I haven't. I'm gonna. We're gonna watch it soon. We've been traveling. Actually, we're probably gonna watch House of Dragon tonight. And yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'm excited. I haven't started that. I'm going to start it as well, and I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch the Sunday one because we were traveling, so we're behind. Yeah, I, haven't, I haven't started those ones yet, but I'll get to it. Yeah. So. All right, I'm all, I'm all, all done. Right. JP, go ahead. Sure. Um, <laughs> Sorry. One of your spots, I'm just going to ask, um, I talked to Ryan Campbell into setting this up. Chain Shark is one of your sponsors how did you meet Ryan? Was it through OTB? Yeah, it was. He was actually at the OTB Open last year, mm-hmm. and that was where I met him. And then, um, you know, we hit it off, and then a few weeks later, he asked if I wanted to, you know, be on the team or whatever. And, I mean, honestly, I, I really like their chalk bags over, like, you know, whale sacks or some of the other ones just because of how easily you can get the chalk out of them. Mm-hmm. I'm a very sweaty individual, so I like that I can <laughs> the heck out of my hand and I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> Same. I mean, yeah, I know what you get. I know that feeling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, th- I think that's all I have Shane. I think you said that's all you really Yeah, have. that's all. Um, I'll give you a chance to push out anything and how can they support you and let them know. Um, yeah, so I know I already mentioned the the three discs I've got for sale. We've got the Halvatross Rive, the Suspect, and the Vader, which are all available on dynamicdiscs.com. They're also available on OTB discs and then at your local retailer. Um, I've got some discount codes, which are on my Instagram. I don't know all of them off the top of my head, but like I've got discount codes for disc golf bra, for flight towel, um, and then 
as far as the socials, uh, it's halls underscore 17. That is the only account I have. There are fake ones out there. Don't follow them. Yeah, I fell for that. <laughs> someone someone hit me up and they're like, hey, you want to follow me? I'm Holland Hanley. I was like, but she already has an account. <laughs> yeah, no, don't follow the fake ones. It's yeah. just Paul's underscore 17. Um, I post helpful tips every week. And then other, beyond that, you can keep up with my tour. Occasionally I'll post funny things with Ella and Raven. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's about it. That is awesome. So humble brag since you won't do it. So you've been a member since 2020. You are now ranked 14th in the world. Mm-hmm. You have 21 career wins out of 52. That's mm-hmm. a fantastic average. And career earnings in a little over, well, a little under two years. No, a little a little under three years is 25,000 or 26,000. And 19,000 of that was made this year. So that's fantastic. And from that three-disc starter pack to go to that, I just want to say... Congratulations. <laughs> I mean, you were putting in the work and you were doing it. So good job. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. absolutely. It was absolute pleasure talking with you. Um, good luck with contract negotiations. You deserve whatever it is that you want. Yeah, <laughs> you absolutely. Were, you were putting it out there, so go for it. And good luck. I mean, I know you got the Green Mountain Championships MVP and Throw Pink coming up. So good luck in every one of those. We'll be rooting for you. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, Absolutely. Anything else for her, JP? Grab some sleep, enjoy Niagara Falls, yeah. and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you on uh, on coverage. Alrighty, thanks so much. Thank right. you. Thank you all, and thank you for your time. All right, bye. Bye.